fooled you like four times there. That was great. Five, six, I don't know. You know, I mean, in high school, I was voted boy most likely to be very simple as he grows up. That's a that's a heady title that you won. That's a heavy award. You're traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, dark territory. What time is it? There is no time in space. This is to say, there is no chronology that can be calibrated. I said, what time is it? What time is it on Earth? Can you tell me that without an exercise in Euclidean geometry? Uh, just tell me what time it is on Earth. On Earth, it would be 12 noon. The whole, the whole Earth, 12 noon. 12 noon. Time zones don't exist anymore. Nope. This is the way nightmares begin, or perhaps end. Very simple, direct, unadorned. Incredible, and yet so terribly real that even while they're happening, we live with them and digest them and assimilate them. And if it's 12 o'clock noon, that's what you preoccupy yourself with. You don't think about 12 o'clock noon on the next day, or the day after that. But that's what we should have been thinking about. Tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow. We were preoccupied with the hands on a clock, but we should have been checking off a calendar. Today, and it was noon then too. And people walked and drove and bought and sold and fretted and laughed. The world went on, much as it had been going on, with a tentative tiptoeing alongside a precipice of crisis. There was Berlin to worry about, and Indochina, and Algeria, and all the other myriad problems, major and minor, that somehow had lost their incisive edge of horror because we were so familiar with them. And then... He showed the scene from the day their first day. And that's when it happened. That's when we first heard that they had come. That's when we should have prepared ourselves for any eventuality. But we didn't. Instead, we milled around like frightened farm animals, looking for formulas and father images, while the Secretary General of the United Nations made the first official announcement of the arrival of creatures from outer space. They called themselves Kenemites, and announced over the shortwave that on that given afternoon, they would arrive on Earth. Oh, I guess we're done. At 11 o'clock this morning, Eastern Standard Time, the first oh, of these landings took place in an area just outside of Newark, New Jersey. Subsequently, we have had reports of other landings. In the Soviet Union, in Norway, the southern coast of France, just outside of Rio de Janeiro, and several others. Basically, shifts. Speaking on behalf of the United Nations, I can only tell you that at this moment it would be premature to assume hostile intent on the part of these, these canimates. And so it is the position of the United Nations that the world population remain calm, to make no hostile move. To keep in mind that all governments are being apprised of the events as they happen and have the situation well in hand. What do they look like? Yeah, what do they look they like? Can we get a more specific Can we fuck them? what they look like. We only know that several of the craft have landed and that they... 
What's the secret? Why can't we what have a show? What's going on? What's happening? Are, Are they hot? It appears that one of the craft has landed just a few blocks away. That's close. A few blocks away. While you were away. That's how he said it. <laughs> oh, it's good to be home. It's good to have you home. Respectfully submitted for your perusal, a canimate. Height a little over nine feet. Weight in the neighborhood of 350 pounds. Origin unknown. Motives? Therein hangs the tale. For in just a moment, we're going to ask you to shake hands figuratively with a Christopher Columbus from another galaxy and another time. This is the Twilight Zone. The cut the rod is so bad. It is so bad. It changes and it's like a whip or it's like a, a wipe transition and it's a different shot completely. It's fucking terrible. He, he was not there during the day of filming. No, I mean, it's like, this is one of those really good ones where it would have just pushed it that much further into the good realm if he was. Yeah. Did they name him Cannabits because it sounds like cannibals? Would you like to know? Yeah. All right, so. Oh, um, uh, welcome to the Twilight Zone Review. I'm Phoenix West. I'm Frank Clementine Links. Squeezy, squeezy. So, uh, episode ninety nine. Oh, uh, uh, episode ninety nine. To serve man. Episode three twenty four. The Twilight Zone, which debuted uh, March second, nineteen sixty two. And go. Wait until you took a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll shut up if I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, is. Plural for the word kenimit. Oh. There you go. No, um, kenimit isn't intentionally a pun on cannibal. <laughs> Perhaps not, but then again, never know. Uh, okay, so basically the root word of kenimit dates back all the way to Germany, actually. Um, <coughs> Clear your instrument. Uh, let's see here. Um, I tried to cover myself. In fact, French and Italian have the same double meaning, and in German and Swedish, the word is almost the same, but I didn't know that then. So, yeah, kenimit, it as an meaning, um, would have. Um, Sorry, this isn't to say that Knight's story isn't without dubious assertions, too, such as the fact that the word serve would have the same double meaning in Kenimit as in English about the double meaning of to serve, says Knight. I tried to, oh, whatever. It's, this is basically based on um, a short story by some dude named Knight that Rod took this from. This is a sprawling, incoherent reading. I, I don't know. Are you getting to the word cannabis at all? No, I thought it went into can okay. the word cannabis, but uh, it, it really doesn't go in. Use, uh, uh, um, should, should we just talk about the episode? The limited English, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a word. Okay. Okay. So let's just say cannibal. It means cannibal. Pretty much, okay. might as well. But then again, K 
cannibals mean you eat the same species. They're not the same species. Fair enough. But Fair enough. then again, this is the 60s. Yeah, 60s, cannibals are different. Sure. Well, I don't think they thought that. <laughs> <thought through>. Yeah. <laughs> That is that is a good point though. I, I like this episode more for how it's told than the story. I like that it opens up with him on a on a a plane. It was the saucer, and it has a flashback, and he's telling the story. It reminds me of like Sunset Boulevard kind of thing, just the the story structure, the framing device for it. Because it, I'm sorry, but correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the only Twilight Zone? episode 156 that goes backwards like a Tarantino movie? It doesn't really sound like a Tarantino movie, but... Well, you know, it's, it starts back where it starts like in the future and then backtracks how he got there. You, that, 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 you know, process of storytelling. Yeah, every fucking movie does that now and they don't do it, do it right. Like they do it now and they spoil the ending. Pretty much, well... Yeah, yeah, like they don't spoil the ending in this because you're left like what? Yeah, they do it right. Sunset Boulevard opens up and it spoils the ending. They do it right though. You see him floating in a pool and he's like, basically, essentially boils down to, I bet you wonder how I got here. And then he tells the story how he got there, and and the story's interesting, so you you're not worried about like being spoiled already. You're, you're seeing how it got there. Was that a true story? No. Oh. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a fucking great movie. Well, never heard of it. Oh, yeah, it came out in 1950, I want to say. But yeah, this one starts off, he's on the he's on the saucer, he's smoking the, Mr. Chambers is the main character, he's smoking those sweet, sweet Chesterfields, and he throws it in the ground, the guy's like, plays the positive cigarette butts in the receptacle. It's, it's very strange. I, I find it hysterical. No, no, it was in neon light, it wasn't a compact for us. I was like, well, they had compact fluorescents back in 62, and we're just, we just got them like 10 years ago, and now they're outdated. But it was really a neon light that was twisty. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then it goes to flashback, and then we see that, uh, is this the first narration? I'm trying to think of ones that have a main character um, narration. Like the hitchhiker has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does the one Uh, where the girl's in bed with the creepy doctor, and then the plane blows up? Like, it's called like, Two. Room, room two, yeah, this is called two. Um, is the, does that one have narration too, like inner monologue? I'm pretty sure yep. it does. Oh, also, um, the one where she's in the bus station. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, where she gets swapped out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Th- those are more uh, inner monologue though than narration. This is flat out narration. He's telling you the story. So this one's different. All the other ones have. Uh, this inner monologue. Yeah, I mean, and like this one was like penned by 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 Serling every <clears throat> every word of it. And yeah. what's more hysterical about that is it comes off so obvious because the actor intentionally acted exactly like Serling the entire show on purpose. You can see it. Yeah, I, I like I love that guy. He he does kill this episode. He smokes his cigarettes exactly like Serling does. Mm-hmm. Throws it down in anger. Just ah, cancer, baby. I'm not hungry. <laughs> Time to go wash my face off. Did you say that that uh, alien shot of the saucer coming through was from a uh... the day the earth stood still? So it's actually taken from that. 
it is pan yeah it is uh, bought pan footage of uh, of the you know as the saucer comes down and lands in Washington D.C. Okay, I got some uh, real problems with that shot. Go ahead. It's a bad shot. Uh, the movie was from like fifty. What, what was it? Fifty eight. No, this doesn't excuse what I'm going to say though. There's a tree in the top left hand of the corner, which takes up, I don't know, 10% of the screen. And the, the saucer goes right in front of it and then is in the sky. So it, it really should be uh, about 15 inches wide, this, uh, this, yeah. this saucer, because it, you know, it's in front of the tree. So the aliens are nine feet. There's like a weird, like, uh, just, ugh. They, they get in there and they, there's so much more room in there. They found a way to, to condense space. I, I don't understand it. Or it's that's one big motherfucking tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you see the people in the foreground too. Well, they're in the giant part of uh, Newark. Well, I mean, have you ever been in Newark? I mean, I have. Yeah, it's a shithole. It is. It's a real like when you park to go to a Devils game, they put a bar- barriers like a mile long on the sidewalk for people to walk to the arena, and with police everywhere and then so you don't get like mugged and stabbed and shit when you walk down the street because it's in the middle of the ghetto i'm not even making this up yeah it's a shithole yeah um let's see fucking christ yeah the alien shows up at the un meeting and then he starts uh letting him know i have a mechanical voice and then apparently when you have a mechanical voice you have to sit there like slack jaw with a dead stare because richard keels is like staring straight ahead just like Mouth, mouth ajar. Just well, he was a method actor, and uh, they had him lobotomized right before they <laughs> Yeah, it seemed like it. I know. I mean, it's like, 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 listen, he doesn't look dumb enough. Does anybody have a sledgehammer? <laughs> it weights in the bottom so, of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps closing his goddamn mouth. We, can, we shouldn't stick, keep, you know, keep putting peanut butter in his mouth. He starts talking like Mr. Ed. We gotta put like weights in the bottom of it. Richard Kill has three. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. To say Richard Kill has like three very well-known characters. He's got this one. He's got Jaws from uh, 007, and then uh, the, uh, the the guy in Happy Gilmore. He's got the nail in the head. Oh, oh, it's okay, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Gilmore. The nail comes out next Tuesday. Good to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I had to shoot, I had to shoot a nine iron off of Frankenstein's fat foot over there. That's Mr. Gilmore's jacket. And you hey. can count on me waiting for you out in the parking lot. That, yeah, that scene where he's running, chasing down Christopher McDonald is terrifying. He looks like he's never ran in his life. I can't believe that's the same guy. I can believe that's the same guy. Yeah. Yes. Great actor. Dead now. Well, yeah, the nail was in his head, dude. I mean, oh. right. well, he got out next Tuesday. I thought, yeah, but it was a bot surgery. Yeah. Oh, that's one of those. It, one of those ones where they leave the watch inside you is one of those things. Well, anything that pierces your skin, you got to leave in before you surgically remove it. So, it doesn't really answer the surgery, but uh, yeah, is that watch. when he got lobotomized? It was like a weird time travel thing. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I thought yep. The, the yep. lore is true, people. The, the rumors. Yeah. Rumors. It's fact. 
the uh, fucking alien shows up, starts telling a speech there. To, We're here to help the humans, blah, blah, blah. And then the narrator's like, everyone saw it on live broadcast. And then they show the people watching through like a department store windows like they always did back then. Everyone is blocking the TV so they don't have to pay to do the special effect. And then they cut to a separate TV <laughs> with the footage on it. And I was like, how fucking lazy were you guys? And how powerful is his machine that can talk, uh, 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 you know, telepathically to people in the same room? But apparently, he can also broadcast it through television waves. Well, I think that they were airing it, not so much him. It was his voice. If they were airing it, it would be someone else's voice translating what they're hearing. Well, I, I think the camera could pick up the telepathic. I think it's actually an audible thing. He said it's mechanical, not telepathic. Whatever the hell that means. Good point, good point, very good point. Very, 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 very good point. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, yeah, um, people start getting, like, what the fuck are you here for, motherfucker? It's just the, uh, most of the important countries with hilarious accents are here. <laughs> and friendship. Only the important countries, We come so from good. a planet far beyond this galaxy. A planet far more developed than Earth, but we come as friends. Although we know your language, our own methods of communication are mental rather than verbal. Hence, the voice you hear me speaking with is totally mechanical. Our intentions Whatever are that means. We desire above all things to help the people of Earth, to establish embassies here, and in the near future to set up reciprocal visits between Earth people and Canamids. Perhaps you watched this initial questioning. Most people on Earth did. On television sets, radios, shortwave. And surely some of the questions asked by your representatives must have been identical to more than a few of your own. Is there a difference between Because as a race, we are unaccustomed what? to charge. Brutality is a far more universal. Is there a difference between radio and shortwave? Uh, I don't know. One's longer? Good point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Less than an expression of friendship from outer space. Outer space. Be willing to be interrogated here and at this time. There are UN delegates present of most of the important countries, <laughs> and the television cameras are carrying our meeting throughout the world. I will be glad to. Senor Valdez of Argentina is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Senor, could you please inform us? Precisely why have you chosen this planet for your visit? It has come to our attention that Earth has been plagued by both natural and unnatural catastrophes, all of which could easily be acted upon and prevented. We are here to help you. Recognizing Dr. Denis Levesque, the representative of France. Uh, Monsieur, my government wishes me to ask you the, the nature of your health. What forms will it take? Indeed, if we should prefer not to avail ourselves of the various aids that you mentioned, your reply would be what? We will not force anything on you. You will take only that which you choose to take. For example, tomorrow we will demonstrate to all interested parties a new and extremely interesting power source, which is atomic in nature and which can supply a form of electric power for entire countries for the cost of a few dollars. It's extremely economical. Mr. Grigori, the representative of the Soviet Union, is recognized. 
people of the Soviet Union would like to ask the Kanamets precisely, and I repeat that to him, precisely what are your motives in coming here quite uninvited? Are we to assume that there is no ulterior motive beyond this vast humanity you speak of? Well, there is nothing ulterior in our motives. Nothing <laughs> at all. You will discover this for yourselves before too long, simply by testing the various devices which we will make available to you. We can show you, for example, how to add a certain very cheap nitrate to the soil and end famine on Earth for good and all. We can demonstrate to you quite practically the principles of the force field in which you may cloak each nation with an invisible wall, absolutely impenetrable by bombs, missiles, or anything else. Why would you need that if everyone gets along? You trust us. Only that you simply trust us. <laughs> I don't get this part. Now, first of all, I, I love the the married of fucking delegates with the most ridiculous accents. The Soviet Union guy's doing like weird physical comedy that doesn't work at all. He's like eating and like doing like uh, crazy crackhead things. They were imitating Gorbachev, and Gorbachev used to do that a lot. Is that what that was? Okay, but like, as a representative of France, like they're doing like. Almost like he should be wearing a striped shirt holding the baguette smoking. Like, I wanted him to hop around. <laughs> Try to kiss the cinnamon. Yeah. It, and then he has the book with him and he sets that on the table. Why does he leave it for him? Um, it could only ruin their plan. Either he did it on purpose and they're fucking idiots, or he left it on accident and he's a fucking idiot. They say s several times they're way more intelligent. Well, how long did it really take the girl, to <laughs> just the chick, to decode the damn yeah, thing? She's the only one working on this fucking project at this point. She's really the only one that decoded anything. Yeah. Yep. And, and it... So the... Oh, God. So many questions. So then they... Uh, eventually, they... they start to trust him a little bit, and then they have this whole thing where they do a, a lie detector test to him, and then they start hooking up stuff to his palm, they get the sweaty, they get the heartbeat monitor. And then I'm like, assuming an alien race that has a mechanical voice, assuming that would have the same biological readouts that a human would have is fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean, like, if they can produce a voice that they don't even know the language to... You think they can make these three little needles move when they want them to? Yeah. I, I, he says mechanical, but like you, I hear telepathy. Because that's what, more what it seems like. Because does he have fucking mechanics in his brain? That doesn't make any sense. No, it's just like... And... I mean, they're not even admissible in fucking court, for Christ's sake. No, it's just a fool in the masses. That's really all it is. It's like, we want to believe this lie... We found some evidence that shows we should believe the lie. So we're just going to go ahead and believe the lie. Well, um, I do have um, a clip here that that has that. Um, where is it? Uh, yeah, here, yeah, here we go. They, uh, yeah, here's the machine just working just beautifully for him. Great. I am the Martian ambassador. We come in peace. We come in peace. We come. I mean, cut and dry right there. 
Yeah, yeah. And they say, he states several times there they come in peace. Just go ahead and believe them. No, no reason to hook up monitors. No. No reason. Yeah. And then they start doing a bunch of scenes in a row with uh, Dr. Smokington, whatever the fuck his name is, I don't care, uh, at his desk. And then his secretary lady, who seems like uh, Patty, doing all the work. And he's like, he seems like he's already given up from minute one. Because he's like, why are we even bothered to translate this? Who cares? Come on. He's well, like, he's, like, why do you have a job? He's management. It's your goddamn job. But then they, they start taking humans back to their fucking world, into their canimate world. And then everyone's in line like, it's, I hear it's 76 degrees all the time and the sun never goes down. I'm like, that sounds like a goddamn nightmare. Can you imagine was, no... What? I was thinking the same damn thing. That'd be brutal. I mean, yeah. it's 76. That's tolerable. But 76 all the time? Never night? Your brain yeah, would not I, handle it. Ask the people up in Barrow, Alaska about how they love that six months of sun. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not even looking for the sun. I'd be like, is the gravity the same? Am I going to get there and be 76, but I'm going to get fucking crushed? How, how, the gravity is more important than the temperature. I'm sorry. That's the first thing I'm asking. Scientifically speaking, the gravity has to be less because they're nine feet tall. So are we... Are we I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I would ask that. It, it seemed valid to me. Maybe it's not their home planet and they got some fucking thing rigged up. I don't know. Well, you figure if there was a lot of gravity, they'd be shorter. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. There'd be more questions. More questions involved. <laughs> like, can you can you show some footage from your home planet first, maybe, before I get in the, and do a 10-year journey? You would think they would come with that, but they don't. Yeah. And instead, they sit around their office smoking and being like, well, since they ended war, there's nothing for us to decode. I'm like, why are you still showing up to work and turning on all the machines then? Because that's what he does. Well, he turns them off, really. Well, cool. well I guess he has to turn them on. Yes. To turn them off. Unless they're always on, then he turns them off for the last. I don't know. But he's already given up at that point. He's given up before he even starts. I... He's on the goddamn waiting list already by this point. Yeah, and then um, hard cut to him getting on a, the fucking plane, or the spaceship. Yep, yep. Um, this reveal, because they, they, before that they reveal that the, the name of the book is to serve man. So like, oh, they are here to serve us. They're here to help us out. They're here to, you know, save yeah. humanity. And, and how, there's two things that are said during that, that I, I'm just like, wait a minute. Rod loves that saying, and what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Where the hell is she? I hope it's a... What's the old man the hunt say? Something to Louisville? Something weird? What the hell was it? That was what we all thought. It yeah. was the age of it was like Claus. A, Only these Chris Kringles yeah. came without white whiskers and rosy cheeks and twinkling eyes. Columbia, that's what it was nine-feet-tall enigmas who descended on us like locusts. But nobody was counting or worrying. It's loci. Okay. Except perhaps a few professionals whose job it was to second-guess. But still sign I was one of these. He doesn't second-guess. The United States government. No, no, no. He's optimistic as shit. He even goes, why bother? A migraine headache. 
Had a nice strain. Can't lick it? No, not in eight hours, I can't. Colonel, it took us almost a year to crack the Japanese code. We had an army of men working on that. If this is a language of people from outer space, probably 500 times as intelligent as we are and a thousand times more complex. You need more help. All donations gratefully accepted. Now, I showed this to every man on our staff. I've had a dozen people working on it since late last night. We've tried pretty much everything. Single transposition, double transposition. We've tried every known method of cryptography there is, and I don't know whether we're even close or a million miles away. Are you saying it's indecipherable? No, we just got to keep trying, that's all. Standard, direct, reversed, systematically mixed, <clears throat> keyword mixed, random mixed, reciprocal, conjugate. Every nature of sequence of letters there is. I'll tell you something, Colonel. This is a tough nut. This is a real tough nut. How important is it? Hmm. I don't know. That that Kahneman or whatever it is he calls himself walked out and left this book yesterday at the That's UN. The name. Perfect. The White House seems to feel that if we can decipher what this book says, we can find out what these Kahnemans are up to. Obviously, nothing but our good. He hasn't commented on the loss of this book. Probably unconcerned that we have it. Why should we be so concerned? They've done all right by us so far. Parlor tricks. Well, they don't seem like parlor tricks to me, Colonel. That new approach to nitrate use they demonstrated in Argentina this morning. That soil had more vitamins in it six hours later than a drugstore chain. I know that country. That's as barren and fruitless as any place on Earth. Who the fuck knows Argentina? Might not. I don't even know where it is. But I got a strange feeling. What? We're looking at gift horse in the mouth. See? No, no question. Too. And that is? <clears throat> that if these cannabis are as helpful as I think they are, you boys are going to be out of a job. And probably so will I. I assume this is a scientific analysis, Mr. Chambers, or just some Kentucky windage. Well, I don't know what it is, Colonel. Beyond an instinctive feeling. I don't know what the fuck Kentucky windage is, sir. We've licked the title anyway. What does it say? How much does it tell us? Here it is. Well, that makes the cheese a little more binding, wouldn't you say, Colonel? Mm. I'd call that a reasonably altruistic phrase. Do you agree, Patty? Well, I, uh, well, I want to believe it, but I don't know what to think. I don't know what binding cheese means, sir. I'm just Except a woman. Man. I hope so. I fervently hope so. <laughs> hope upon hope, wish upon wish. Couple Beverly questions. Puts, yeah. Beverly puts the fucking cards in the Gouda. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, Kentucky Windage, just the second time Rod's used that. Kentucky in, uh, Windage. Episode. I'm going to catch Hail Columbia from that woman. We're still, catching Hail Columbia. I still love that one. That's my favorite one. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means at all. Kentucky no. windage, I think, I, I picture Kentucky, I picture wind. Maybe, I don't know, hail Columbia, I just have no idea. I think Kentucky windage is like uh, an estimated guess. Yeah, it, sound, it must be. Well, just from what Magellan said during the Odyssey of Flight 33. Okay, okay. That's you love, you love that fucking episode. <laughs> I told you, I love that episode. <laughs> I have so many questions, Frank. All of them logic questions. And, okay. and like, 
they they translate the the book title, and then so, what? Somehow, yeah, she figured it out. I'm fine with that. I, that doesn't bother me as far as logic goes because they had time, and uh, the faithful Patty's uh, sitting in a fucking you know, closet working on this, <laughs> transcribing it and try to get it. You know, so they can read the title, translate the title rather. She gets it. It's to serve man. Like I said, they're like, oh, see, they're here to help us. And then she mentions, oh, I, I, they have capital letters and all this. And I'm like, what are the odds that an alien race with sophistication beyond ours, like crazy beyond ours, writes in books, needs to write in books because they're so fucking smart, uses letters, uses capital letters, so it takes it has to take us longer, has like the same structure for writing that we do, writes in the same order we do, like even fucking China writes in a different order than we do. Like, what are the odds? What are the odds? And then here's an idea. If you have a fucking cookbook, if you if you have the goddamn cookbook and your plan is to go to this place and bring them back to your planet to cook them, why the fuck are you bringing the cookbook there? Because that's how little they respect our intelligence. That's got to be it, right? It's the only reason. <laughs> I mean, because... We eat cattle, and we could leave a cookbook in a cow pen, and none the, no worries in the world that they're going to figure out what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Same, same yeah, but it'd, it'd be like if, if but cattle don't write their own books. So really, this makes them look stupid, not us. It's true, it's true. So if the, if the cows learned how to write books and figured out what the fuck McDonald's was, I'd be a little more concerned. <laughs> but as is, they're not gonna they're not gonna learn how to translate what we're doing. Good point. Good point. It's just so stupid. It, like I said, I like the structure of this episode more than the <laughs> everything in the episode. Yeah, I know. It, like after watching, like I, I I thought this this episode was a lot deeper than what it is, or a lot longer than what it was. But Jesus, freaking crimp, was it fast as ever? It needed. It's one of these episodes that that is good. It just needed. This should be in season four with an hour, where they could explore the idea and make it really interesting, and then that way the reveal of it being a cookbook wouldn't be so fucking lackluster and lame. It's so quick. It's like, it's a cookbook, and he's up there and he's gone, and it cuts to him back in there. I'm like, good god, milk it a little bit. It's your big reveal. Yeah. Oh well, that puts more brine in your coffee, or. What? <laughs> that really shines my pillow. <laughs> that really waxes the car more. <laughs> that, no, that makes sense. That really rain-axes the windshield, doesn't it, General? That makes sense, too. I know. You got to choose I, two separate words. <laughs> that really drives the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Oh, my goodness. Um, Certainly yeah. makes the sense to me, sir. That really makes the water evaporate into a cloud and then rain water back down to the earth, doesn't it, General? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> y- yes. Y- yes. That you, what? <laughs> Do you want to play the outro, or not the outro, outro, but the uh, her her reveal? Of course. Uh, let's see. Because hear how uh, quick it is. He's in line getting on the ship, which he mentioned uh, 13 seconds before this was going to happen, and he made it sound like it was really far off. 
a weekend picnic in the country. Strange and complex sanity of man. Nothing faces him. Are you going? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm on a ten-year exchange group waiting list. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Patty? I'm going later, but I can come now. <laughs> well, the trouble is, oh. their quotas fill just as soon as they make the She's announcement of too. a new trip. While I'm waiting, I think I'll do the next best thing. I'm still working on that book. You know, deciphering that title has been of no help because the capital letters are different than the other signs they use, just as ours are. But uh, starting to fall into place now. I think I'll get the answer eventually. Well, more power I gave up trying months ago. You tried? Mr. Chambers! Is that a direct cut or did you, did you make an edit? Get on that ship. Okay. Book to serve men. It, it's a cookbook. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, if I were to record how it goes, there's so much dead air all the time. Yeah, yeah. I just hit stop, and then I know it's coming, so I hit pause, start again, so it it kind of flows real quick. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I know it goes from like right to that to that, but I was like, yeah, I don't think it went that quick. <laughs> like, no, no, but just you know, to save time. Also, uh, but they they do have an alternate ending. Ooh. Don't you see what's happening here? They're fattening us up so they can eat us. Oh, come on, Lee. Uh, Don't believe me? Then just look at this book that I found. <gasps> oh, right. Humans, you have stopped eating. Why can you pick? Stupid space creature. Nobody, but nobody eats deception. I beg your pardon. Don't play dumb with me. We found your book. But you mean this? <laughs> it's a harmless cookbook. It's just a little dusty. Ah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, there's still more space dust on here. <sighs> Let me get this straight. You thought they thought we were going to eat them. Good God. Is this some kind of joke? No. They're serious. Well, why were you trying to make us eat all the time? Make you eat? We merely provided a sumptuous banquet. Frankly, you people made pigs of yourselves. I slaved in the kitchen for days for you people. Well, if you wanted to make Serac the Preparer cry... Mission accomplished. You aren't the only beings who, who have emotions, you know. There you go, Lisa. Bitch. That's <laughs> a... Yeah, I, I remember that ending. On the, I had it on the original uh, Twilight Zone uh, DVDs when they came out. It didn't really work. It just didn't it's work. The, uh, it's the only one I could find, really. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And uh, the uh, the other one was this one. As we can remember, we have been attacked... And eaten by the dreaded Fusa. Yeah, sorry about that. That was a, that was a chaotic one. Yeah, I'm kind of loud, but that's the only other cookbook reference I can remember. That's from that movie, that Pixar movie with Ben Stiller as a lion. Okay, I guess we're just abandoning the bit. Okay, that's cool. Sorry, that's cool. Whoop it. <laughs> we're, we're pretending it was a real alternate ending. 
Okay. Oh, no, that's cool. On. With the Simpsons, it, it, you know. No, it's uh, cool. It's a fun bit. Oh, commercial. Yeah, uh, yeah. We got a real sponsor this week, so I'm uh, I'm excited. Yeah, like a legit company. Nice. No account though. Rod Serling, creator of the Twilight Zone, will tell you about next week's story after this word from our alternate sponsor. This episode of LIW The Twilight Zone Review is brought to you by Blue Apron, featuring our new cannabis menu, featuring only the freshest vegetables and grass-fed humans. When you want to serve man, think Blue Apron. And like I said, we got a legitimate uh, company sponsoring us this week. Returning sponsor. Yeah, they they, they uh they're faithful. Everyone knows they do podcasts, so. Oh, they they must have been happy with the uh, you know with the money they made off of our last sponsors. That's good. Thanks everybody for Speaking going money from the money we never got because we fucked up and didn't get a goddamn accountant. We need to get to the bottom of that. Yep, I just felt like recording that. (laughs) Why not? It's it's amusing. I want to watch that movie again. It's been a while. I know Michael J. Fox is, you know, in it. And you you don't feel sad when you watch it. Yeah, I guess I was about to go there, but kind of backed off. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was making fun of him. It's an actual factual statement. I watch it and I don't feel sad for him like I do now. No, no. <laughs> Did you finally uh, <clears throat> see? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it lately, but uh, did you see that Jack Black part I was talking about? What? Remember, I was telling you that Jack Black's even in it. You're like, well, really? He is? What? <laughs> All I hear is the word Jack Black. I didn't hear what project you're talking about. Mars Attacks. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I remember that. Look, he made the international sign of a donut. <laughs> So stupid. Yeah, I want to watch that. Um, anyway, uh, are we are we anything else? Any Rod's outros, right? Uh, yeah, I got Rod's outro right now. Eaten enough, Mr. Chambers. Please enjoy. Please eat hearty. He does a direct to camera. Chambers eat. We wouldn't want you to lose weight. How about you? You still on Earth or on the ship with me? Um, Earth. Well, it doesn't make very much difference because sooner or later, will all of us be on the menu? It matters to me. All of us. Yeah, he's talking to you. Well, why is he talking to me? This is weird. The recollections of one Michael oh, Chambers. Who's this now? Weird flashbacks and soliloquy. Or more simply stated, the evolution of man. The cycle of going from dust to dessert. The metamorphosis from being a ruler of a planet to an ingredient in someone's soup. It's tonight's bill of fare from the Twilight Zone. Like two extra syllables in the word soup there. Soup. Like, it's almost like Rod wrote the entire outro, but just split it up between the actor and him. Yeah. Because <laughs> not. They're both the same guy. What about you? <laughs> Are you on Earth or here in the ship with me? 
Why are you looking at the camera? It's weird. I'm telling you, man, like this episode broke down a few different walls of. Literally broke down the fourth wall right now. Yeah, a fourth wall, and then they went backwards, sort of, kind of. Well, not literally. It, it was, well, it was just different than normal Twilight Zones, that's all. Yeah, it was, it was bizarre. I like the way it's told, though. I don't know. I like the, it's film noir style. I like that about it. It's just, I like the alien. I like Richard Keel a lot. Um, I, I, there's enough in this episode I really like. Like, it is a really good episode. It's just got some weird shit in it. And it's just too... Remember the episode with uh, Penny for Your Thoughts? Yeah. Where it was like, the beginning was like, go, 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 like, scene, 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 scene. And I'm like, calm the fuck down. Like, I was like, this felt so rushed. This is what this episode feels like. The whole episode is like so rushed. It really is, like, from from beginning to end. But it's like, but I think them breaking it up in the beginning and the end with him being in the same scene really kind of makes it feel like it's not rushed. But if you really look back at it, it really is rushed. Yeah. And then even though they're sitting around, it's still rushed. Yeah. Like nothing yeah. really happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. If you really look at it. Nothing happened. The very, very end is what happens. That's it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's the most iconic part of the whole damn thing. It's a cookbook. Like, it, it's literally like. <laughs> I'd say top five, top ten of Twilight Zone moments. Like, as far as, like, people who are, like, aware of the show. Not into the show, into the show. But, like, culturally. Uh, definitely top five if they're not into it. Yeah, Simpsons pretty much cemented that. Sure, sure. And uh, it's just a moment that's not that great. It's really not. They could have done a lot better. They just slowed the fuck down with it. Yeah, and like you know, the these Ketamits, they come from another planet, and they have the oldest scale in the world yeah. to these people. And their smile every when the fat guy got on, and the yeah. thing was like, "Ooh, <laughs> this way, you fat fuck." <laughs> it would have been too obvious if they're like, they see the scale with like a tiny little frail model li- model lady, and it just barely goes up, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, we're we're full up." <laughs> fat guy, come on up. Oh yeah, we have room for you. Like, wait. Not We're not letting crackheads on our planet. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. We didn't see any children on purpose. Yeah, exactly. I think it's people like, back then couldn't handle that. It's like minimum required weight, 175 pounds. <laughs> Anybody under that and you're shit out of luck. They could have taken the fat blueberry kid from Willy Wonka. Uh, like, like, blew her up. And, um, yeah. Um, uh, that was Violet. They had a juicer. Yeah, they could have taken those the kids from that. Oh yeah. Um, Who was it? Mike, Mike Mike TV with the sex guns. <laughs> it's another movie I've seen forever. I still have not a goddamn clue what that what that uh, boat ride song that he kept singing and everything meant at all because he just never revisited it, and like it made no sense. World, the danger um, must be growing because the rowers are still rowing. Walk and stop this thing. All right, stop. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I need to watch that again. I haven't seen the original in a while. I mean, dude, Wilder killed that. He starts off just saying it real monotone, and then he starts singing it, and then he starts screaming it like an insane man. I love when <laughs> he's screaming at the end. Yeah, and so dude, he ramps that up, and like the fucking 
the the flash visuals. Yeah, at, the two thousand one ending on the elevator. Yeah, it's just so cool, dude. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's let's be um, done. I have Wait a minute. next week. On, yeah, I, there's next week. On oh, the good, good. Those are always fun. You're gonna get into Chesterfield somehow. Next week on the Twilight Zone, contributor Charles Beaumont provides us with the most charming tale of an old man and some children. An old man who's an exceptional playmate. Exceptional because, well, how many old men do you know who can change into monsters? Mr. Beaumont's excellent tasting stew is further seasoned by an element of mystery. It's called The Fugitive. We hope to see you next week. We'll have to see you next week. Oh, shit. I just said I was waiting for it to be called the pedophile the way he said it. It just sounded very off to me. The Jeff Myrtle Bank. <laughs> well, Frank, it's been another episode. Uh, this is our 99th episode, right? Are we about to hit 100? Well, next week we'll be hitting 100. We need to we need to choose if we do the fugitive or we do. Well, do you want to do episode one? Where is everybody? It sounds like a good. Seems like a good time to do that. I think we should. I think we should. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a good idea. It's number one. It's number one hundred, or it should like be one hundred one. Ooh, shit. No, well, either one. Either way, it's still one in a one hundred one. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll see. Really, one hundred one, and then yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Okay. So we'll yeah. So it, it'll be the fugitive, and uh, where is everybody? Where is everybody? You can't hey, believe me. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back next time uh, for those two episodes or, or something, whatever. We'll figure it out. Check out uh, lawstudios.com, uh, Lloyd in Wonderland on YouTube, Lloyd in Wonderland at gmail.com. And make sure you go check out our new show, Spooky Spooky Pasta Cast. It's a great horror series that we're doing, original horror stories written and uh, you know produced by LAW Studios and, and with me. And, and Frank's going to get involved here. And it's it's going to be uh, real stories of hor- real horror stories as told by us as, as experienced by us. So it's a uh, it's going to be a new series. We're looking forward to it. I got a lot of good ones. Okay, uh, Frank, plugs. Oh, it's a uh, find me on Twitter. L I W. I'm not you or me. L L N K C. Every two days, I have to remind him that. I know. Uh, I just want to be you so bad. Um, and uh, yeah, reddragonsradio.com. Go there. All good stuff's on there. This show's there too. Share it. Let them know. Let Red, Red Dragons Radio know. Yep. I'm, I'm just going to start over. Ah, oh, Frank. You, you're Frank. You're Frank. Okay, wait, wait. I'll start over. I'll start over. Let me. Let Red Dragons Radio know that you appreciate uh, us being on there, and let them know you listen to it there. That's right. That's and uh, yeah, thank you at DX Dom Mega Mega Mega. Indeed. Um, yeah. Until next time. In the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. I'm Frank Clementine Links. So long, citizens. Mama. This podcast is a cookbook. <laughs>